This is Aldrin Simpia on Beyond the Headline. It is seven minutes after five o'clock and it's time for the interview. Today we're in conversation with Professor Bani Bigana, who is a human rights lawyer and also chairperson of the National Lotteries uh, Commission. What kind of instrument should be introduced to tackle hunger crisis, to tackle the hunger crisis in South Africa? What kind of instruments should be introduced to tackle the hunger crisis in South Africa? A lot has been said about South Africa being the most unequal country in the world. And what is even more worrying is the fact that this inequality will somehow affect the country's uh, capacity to deal effectively with its internal food security realities. In March this year, Professor Bani Bigana warned that South Africa has a problem of governance and government. And as a result, there is high level of unemployment, poverty and food insecurity. To add to this, a ShopRite Food Index report that was released almost two weeks ago projects that by 2025 nearly half of South Africa's population will be food insecure with 48.96% of the population potentially not having enough food to eat. So how should our country respond to this problem? Professor Bani Bigana now joining us on the line. Prof, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. Aldrin, good afternoon. Good afternoon to your colleagues and to your listeners. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. And I have to say that when we were discussing with the team how we can deal with uh, this question around uh, food insecurity in the country, also considering that incident that happened in the Eastern Cape where a mother killed herself as well as her three children because of poverty, I said to the team, let's reach out to Professor Bani Bigana because I know how passionate you are about this particular problem when it comes to um, hunger in the country. And I just want to quickly revisit um, what informs this passion before we deal with the question around how we can actually help get more people out of poverty and actually get more people to be more food secure. So where did it start for you, Prof, when you realized that South Africa has a big problem when it comes to food hunger? Uh, It started for me, Eldrin, when we sacrificed everything as young people in our country to struggle against apartheid because of the effect of discrimination on 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 food there was some time ago the race relations used to have a kwashio core problem program uh, by which uh, people at school used to get a a tin of kwashio core which actually was helping in terms of its adequacy of food uh, uh, nutrition in it was was available to the poor. Uh, I remember from those days where uh, schools, uh, for example, just had no food program, no nutrition program at all. And and children um, used to be hungry and yet expected to study. I remember from those days when children uh, were made to work uh, in the in the farms without any form of recognition of their needs for food, etc. So, so, so that's where I start. I, it didn't happen in my own particular home, but I was aware that it was happening as a child. And secondly, uh, uh, I am also very, very passionate about the fact, and that's one of the issues that really brought me to the liberation struggle that we really did believe that once um, we had rid the country of the scourge of apartheid, people in our country would never ever again go to bed hungry at night. 
children would be protected from some of the ravages of hunger and disease that were very, very prominent in the time of apartheid. And that was why uh, our, our Bill of Rights, for example, is very, very clear that uh, everyone has a right to have access to sufficient food and water. And, and for that reason, uh, uh, it is sufficient for all South Africans to say there, is, there can never be reason enough for anybody in our country, which is in many respects a land of plenty, that the inequalities are such that some, the fewer people have got more than they enough, more than they need to eat, and the large majority has got even less necessary to live on. So, so the, the latest Stats SA report, for example, on 2023 uh, household report, mm. tells us that about 2 million households out of now, we know 62 million, experience hunger, uh, 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 2 million. Of those in the major provinces, Gauteng, KZN, Western Cape, uh, in Gauteng, about 25% of households experience hunger, intense hunger. KZN, 7.5%. In the Western Cape, 14.0%. Now, that is inconscionable. It, it can't make any of us live, uh, uh, sleep, sleep uh, uh, comfortably at night. Because if, if anybody is without food and goes to bed without food, we cannot expect that those people have got enough to live on. In other words, it's worse than that you don't have food. It's actually, it's mm. death to some. So when we talk about food insecurity, we're not talking about someone who's hungry. We're talking about somebody who has no prospect of getting any kind of food for them to be able to breathe from one moment to another. It is very, very serious indictment on our society. Yeah. Um, I was sharing with the with our listeners actually that um, a household survey that you that you just referred to, and also the um, a a research that was done by Vets where they found that one in five people um, actually beg for food, uh, which for me um, was uh, was was a, was a stat that really shocked me. I didn't really think that that things are really really that bad, but because also um, I perhaps come from poverty, but because of upward mobility i'm now in a position where i'm able to eat enough food and sometimes even waste some of that food mm -hmm. but how then yeah. do we respond to this particular plight because the people who are also facing this hunger tend to be our family members also the, the amazing thing the people who are most affected by hunger and inadequate food and lack of nourishment is children children under nine years old is women, particularly black women, is rural, are rural communities um, who, in terms of the statistics in that survey you talked about, uh, uh, the, the rural communities suffer it more than any, any other in, in our country. It also says that um, the, the contributing factors um, to, to food insecurity in our country is in part, yes, unemployment, because 
uh, in general, where in a household there's one person working and that person works for the rest of the household. So they all never have enough to eat and to live on. Even worse, when there is not one person in the household who is employed, however uh, underemployed, as often many people are. The second thing is that uh, most communities are not engaged in 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 productive land uh, and nurturing. For example, the simple thing of food gardens. We were we grew up in the townships with a garden in your in your yard. Somewhere in your yard there was a garden where you could plant beans, you could plant uh, uh, um, potatoes, you could plant millies. Um, <clears throat> that has become scarcer and scarcer for a variety of reasons. One of them is that uh, the inadequacy of water to actually keep our plants uh, uh, growing. We don't have that. Thirdly, we no longer live in a society where in communities there was a care for one another, that Ubuntu which if you don't have sugar in your house, your mother will send you next door to go and ask for a, a cup of sugar. And people somehow were able to share what little they had with one another. Now that's no longer possible because, because Ubuntu in our society is no longer what it used to be. So, so in a sense, those days, there was hardly likely to be anybody who goes to bed ultimately totally hungry without going next door to share what they had next door. I know this in my own family um, because there were people who were our neighbors. There was always a plate for the unknown visitor uh, in our home. And we now, don't have that. Yeah, and, and now also, I guess with, with, with some of these families, is all, they also face that situation of, do I give more to, or do I leave more so that we can give to the neighbor whilst we as a family also seem to be struggling? Uh, but just quickly hold that thought there, uh, Prof. I just quickly want to go to the line um, on 086 We've got six here who's joining us from Cape Town. Good evening. Hi, is it six or sticks? Yeah, six, F-I-X. Okay. Um, yes, Fix. And, uh, good, yes, and good afternoon to Professor Pichan. Uh, my reason of calling is only because I'm one, yes, yes, yes. Uh, one of the reasons I'm actually calling is only because I'm one of the people um, that is actually trying to assist those that are actually hungry in Cape Town and the Western Cape, including some areas in the Eastern Cape. So whereby I end up being victimized by senior government officials that I actually speak to, to actually assist me as an activist, whereby I've made it discover that a lot of people are actually coming to me asking me for food as an activist uh, because of being failed by people that are actually supposed to be assisting like councillors and the, like uh, committees in the area where I lived before in Kailicha. So what happens is that I have been speaking to people like the mayor of Cape Town, Jerome Lewis, like the guy, and up being very angry and arrogant and end up blocking my number only because of me asking him for food and including that of my neighbors. And uh, sometimes I would ask the social development Western Cape and that of um, national government, including Lindwe Zulu. I'm a regular caller there by her. But unfortunately, there are members that are actually working province in, in the, around the provinces that I'm actually spoke about, like the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape, whereby they care less of those that are actually hungry. Even now, I think um, last week, 
I was approached by members of the public in Kailicha asking me for food. But it then creates me enemies. So I wish, and I so wish again, to have help from Mr. Pitiana to assist me whenever I need food, that he could give me permission to actually call him whenever people need food, because I've got a huge number of people that will come to me ask me for food, but I'm scared of calling okay. people like Daniel Lewis. And I reported this matter with the Premier in the Western Cape, yep. and the Premier did nothing. Okay, let's uh, hear what Professor Pikana have to say. Also, Prof, as you answer that question, also speak to us about a, a coordinated um, approach to dealing with um, food inadequacies that the country is facing, whether it is from civil society, whether it is from the individual, but also a government. Thank you. Thank you very much, Fix, uh, for that. Uh, I, I, my heart goes out to you in the efforts that you make, and I wish that... You may never tire of helping those who are, are, are hungry. Um, uh, the, the, the ways of helping, of course, are different. One is to help provide food to the people who are really hungry. Uh, but also there are others like working with communities about uh, food gardens and, and, and making sure that we can live decent, dignified, productive lives as well. No, we must also accept, I think, uh, uh, Eldrin, that um, there are now these days, there is social development, there are grants um, that are being made available to, 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 at the last count I heard, 18 million South Africans receive one form of grant or another. Uh, uh, at schools now, there is nutrition programs, although even those are being um, undermined by criminality and, and corruption. Um, so, so at schools in general, children can expect to get food uh, uh, in the nutrition program mm. that they're in. But it is true that in spite of all of that, um, there is still cases of extreme food uh, insecurity in our country. Now, there are, there are various organizations that are actually busy working along the same lines that FITS is doing. The Food Bank, for example, uh, uh, is very, very involved um, in coordinating with restaurants and uh, supermarkets to try and uh, pull together food that is uh, edible and is healthy for people to have, that people can actually go to a food bank. Uh, as a National Lotteries Commission, we, uh, we want to engage in a major campaign of support, especially for those food banks, and there are others that are similar, that's available, uh, that in every locality, every location, some of that food needs to be available to those who are needy, that people can find food, because we can never be in a country, as you said earlier on, uh, Aldrin, that 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 we have so much food that we throw it away not in a country like ours where there's so much food insecurity so so indeed uh, uh, we must redouble our efforts um, to to make food provision available to as many people as possible i think um uh, and part of our campaign in the national lotteries commission that we are hoping to 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 engage in next year is a campaign on food insecurity, precisely this, so that we can really put uh, uh, people together, those who have resources, those who who, who are hungry, yeah. promoting food security as much as we can. Thank you.
Professor Bani Pikiana there, 614 We're taking your voice notes, calls on 86 and you can also drop in X at Aldrin Simpia. You are listening to Aldrin Simpia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. Well, we're in conversation with uh, Professor Bani Pigiana, human rights lawyer, and also the chairperson of the National Lotteries Commission. As we try to deal with this question, what kind of instruments should be introduced to tackle South Africa's hunger crisis? What ideas do you have that you think that as a country we should implement these ideas to ensure that we get as many people as possible out of this plight of hunger? Because also attached to it is the question of dignity. The other part is the required nutrition. We speak a lot about um, children being stunted. There is the required uh, nutrition. Then we speak about the impact that a lack of adequate food nutrition has on the person's body. And that which means that that then puts another burden on the health system. So food nutrition, very important to this conversation as well. Let's take your voice notes on 0614-104-107. Hi, Eldrin and your team and South Africans, Eddie uh, from Ordinal Stress. Now, I'm saying that this is an important topic. You know, there, there's only one way to push back the frontiers of poverty, and farming is one of them. And as much as a municipality, on the 10th of November, um, we'll be having a session um, dubbed as Imaging Farmers uh, Information in Daba, because we have seen a lot of interest now coming from our people that they want to to be involved in crop production. And that is really welcomed because that's the only way to go. And yeah, I think we need to do something about this because if you fail to do it, I'm telling you, there will be hunger and crimes, the statistics will be very high in this country. Thank you very much for this topic. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Let's go to Kolani who's joining us from the Eastern Cape. Good evening. Hi, Aldrin. Um, I would like to just talk about, uh, the, about this, and I hope the, pro, the prof can make a comment. Agriculture as a subject was taken away by the Department of Basic Education from lower primary, like, like junior secondary schools. Could, could it be that the removal of agriculture, which is supposed to be a number one priority in the country, uh, for many things that can come out of agriculture, agribusiness, and all agro pro- the agro-processing that can come into that space. Could it be that because we have decided to remove the, the agriculture as a subject from schools, we are now suffering the consequences of that? If you travel, uh, You're saying uh, removing it as a compulsory subject because there no, are still schools that offer agriculture? In the Eastern, in the Eastern Cape, uh, junior secondary schools, there is no agriculture. Okay. I'm in the environment that I'm in, uh, where we are, I'm seeing a lot of schools. There is no agriculture as a subject like we were, those okay. of us who were in, in the 90s. Okay. Agriculture is no, lo- no longer in the school at all. Okay, we'll get the prof to re- quickly respond to that. Let's just quickly take one last voice note on 0614-104-107. This is Brad from Cape Town. I work for an organization that does uh, a lot of feeding programs and other nutritional support in communities around South Africa, but I don't want to promote my own organization. I just want to f- encourage all South Africans that there are a lot of incredible uh, civil society organizations that are doing really, really good work to address uh, the most vulnerable, often in a far more uh, efficient, uh, less corrupt um, uh, way than 
the government. And so I would just encourage everyone reduce your taxable income by making an, a Section 18A donation, which is a tax deductible donation to an organization, a nonprofit organization that you've done some research and found to be doing good, good work. I've uh, definitely, wherever I can, I try and rather give to uh, phenomenal organizations than give to our government. They can do some of this great work we need done. Okay, Prof, let's hear your responses to some of those contributions. To just say to fix um, something I forgot to do. I'd like to encourage fix um, to visit the National Lotteries Commission offices in downtown Cape Town and, and seek um, advice there about how he can apply for and access for, for funds uh, provided that he has got a, an NPC or NPO that he works, he works with and he works under, so that the work that he does, which is very, very important, is, it can't be just an individual work, and the people he works with can actually uh, access funds to do that work. Hopefully, that will make sure that more people actually benefit from it. That, that's the best I can do from, from where I am, is that the, it, is, it is very important. That I just wish to encourage him and uh, he may need advice as to how to go about it. And that's why I suggest he goes visit the, the NLC offices in Cape Town. The second thing I want to say to uh, that I agree, crop production, agriculture uh, are very key elements in enhancing appreciation uh, of food and food production for nutritional purposes in our country. Uh, when we were uh, at school many, many moons ago, uh, all schools used to have a school garden. And, and every class used to have a plot uh, that they looked after and nurtured and produced uh, food. The idea was that you learn to appreciate food, how it comes about, and you can do the same in your own home environment. I go around today, there's nothing like that in so many of our schools. Um, it's all barren. Um, and, and I think that uh, it is right to say, while you're talking about agriculture as a subject, but also as an activity of the school, the school itself can become a food production center activity for the school, for the neighboring communities, but to help people in general and to, and to excite children about the idea uh, of, of, of touching, being in touch with the earth uh, that is producing. Yep. The last I want to say is about, uh, uh, yes, there are so many activities, but it looks like, uh, which is true, not these activities of many goodwill people are not reaching all the places and communities of the people in dire need. And we need a, a, a process by which, over and above everything else, we try to locate uh, areas and communities, probably around schools, around certain uh, regions and communities, where people can actually walk to the nearest place where they can get food and get food. Yeah. Prof, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, but really appreciate that you've accepted our invitation and also to get us thinking more about the food insecurity and how we can contribute to alleviating uh, this crisis that the country is currently facing. Professor Bani Bigana, human rights lawyer and chairperson of the National Lotteries Commission. It's a minute after half past five. Time for the news headlines.